Aloha, everybody. Welcome back to the Wall Street Coach Podcast. I'm very excited today to have David Hale, the author of Cash Rules on my podcast. David, welcome. Hi, Kim. Thanks for having me. It's good to talk to you. I read David's book right after Traded for a Cause conference ended. David had shared his book with me. I read it pretty much in one sitting. It's a harrowing by the uh, skin of your teeth kind of story. Uh, I was so surprised at how vulnerable David was. I was so surprised at how honest he was. He does not uh, mince words about how difficult uh, some periods in his trading journey have been. That I found incredibly refreshing. And I really wanted to share his story with so many of you because I feel a lot of traders will confide in me about the pain and suffering, but rarely with one another. And that's why I wanted to have you here, David. But I want everybody to have a sense of David's background. So I'm just going to speak to his bio right now. He has been a professional trader for 23 years, specializing in US equity options and cryptocurrencies. He has traded on some of the top trading floors, alongside some of the best traders in the business, even owning and running his own prop trading firm. His passion is coaching and mentoring, and he's been fortunate enough to teach multiple seven-figure earning traders. His colorful career, which you will learn about in a minute, has led him around the globe, trading from Texas, London, Spain, and Portland. Outside of trading, he's worked as a stockbroker and as the CEO of a cryptocurrency startup, Welcome to this podcast, this conversation. And first question out of the gate is, what was it that gave you kind of the, I want to say guts to be so forthright in that book about your own journey? Um, well, I, you know, that, that was the whole point is write something honest. You've, I, I know you've read a lot and you, you wrote books. Um, and in the trading space, it's a lot, you know, there's, there are, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of good books out there, but there's, you know, it's typically how to make a million dollars, how to get rich, you know, like success, you know, the success stories, you don't hear too much, you know, on the downside of it. And there, you know, 90, per, 90 plus percent traders fail. So there's, it's not all, you know, it's not all good times and success stories. So I kind of wanted to, you know, I wanted to let, you know, it's a, it's a precautionary tale of mine. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I wanted to warn traders. I'm not, I love trading and, uh, you know, it's my passion, but I also want to, you know, I want to let the, the traders out there who are trading now or people want to get into business. I want to give them a true picture of how it is. And it yeah. can be, well, it can be, it is brutally tough. Yeah. Um, yep. you know, again, fortunately I'm, I'm still standing, but there's lots of, you know, lots of, lots of traders who aren't still standing. I mean, and that could be financially or even, you know, in, you know, really bad things happen. I wrote about, okay. you know, in the book, even one of my friends, you know, unfortunately he took his own life because of trading. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. um, it can be really, really dark, you know, I, of course I didn't want the book just to be, you right. know, this dark depressing tale and you know my own story although there's been plenty of you know <laughs> it's been a roller coaster right there's there's been plenty of downtimes there's been plenty of uptimes you know it's and yep. it's yep. Uh, you know it's a kind of a story of redemption but i wanted i wanted to give a true honest picture yep. for traders out there and again warn them i'm not trying to you know to scare everyone away but i want right. i 
you know, there's a lot of traders that probably shouldn't be trading. There's a lot of traders who don't know how dangerous and how, you know, how toxic trading can be. Yeah, that that felt like, you know, you I I feel a lot of you encouraging traders, but I feel as though you're also wanting to make sure their eyes are wide open and they're not yeah. kidding themselves that this is going to be a, a, like basically, you know, a Hollywood movie. <laughs> no, nah, I want to, you know, again, and I, maybe the best thing I can do is scare some traders away because, they, you know, it's, yes. it's a tough profession. You know, a lot of the traders out there who get into it might get in for the wrong reasons or they don't yeah. have the right capital or they're not, you know, don't have the right mentorships or training. And I'm, I think I'm doing a lot of, the, you know, doing people a big favor by scaring them away, showing them, you know, Definitely. what kind of trouble. And my, I, you know, I was fortunate enough to start at a good firm. I was fortunate enough, you know, to have kind of, you know, some guidance and, yep. uh, you know, I'm a, what do I guess you, you consider a successful trader, you know, one of that 5% or 10%. And as you know, my story, it's, 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 it's rough, you know, there's, there's some really, really, really bad times. So, yeah. um, but know, it's, it's reality. And, and I don't know that a lot of traders are necessarily in the reality of that. And that is part of what feels so refreshing about the book. And I have read so many books and it, very rarely like I was I was shocked I was shocked that you just shared some of the stories you did because if very few people are comfortable showing people their vulnerabilities showing people the places they failed showing people the places they dropped the ball um there's you know one vivid scene which I've already told you about offline because it was such a well-written scene but such a memorable scene of you being back in your family childhood home in your sister's bedroom looking at this flowered wallpaper like how the fuck did I get back to this goddamn house in a bed that's too small for me but it is so real and it's so raw and it's so like humiliating and yet that's life life is like oh there are so many humiliating moments so that scene i was like this guy is not kidding around with telling us the honest story so i'm curious the response you've had from traders when they read this book well like you said like you're saying a lot of people they would kind of resonate with the, the honesty the realness um you know you are you're used to traders like posting pictures of their you know luxurious vacations or their car or this and that's you know that's kind of the way it works you don't hear to me you know people you know telling you that again i sleep you know sleep in my sister's bedroom or sleep in my dad's sofa or dirt broke or you know it, and it was it you know it was you know it's kind of i did put myself out there and you know and i guess some of it is kind of you know embarrassing when i look back i'm like oh wow you know how kind of how did i get myself in that you know, that type of mess. So that's, that's a lot of the comments I've got, you know, I think people yeah. appreciate that. And yeah. like I said, there's not, there's not too much, there's not too much out there like that. So that's been a big thing. The honesty is, is what people, and I've, I've heard some really nice things. That's, that's the thing. When I wrote this book, it, you know, I self-published it. I'm not a writer. I, you know, I'm not selling anything. I just wanted to get it out there. I wanted to, you know, you know, put, put, so put it out there. Yep. And it's been really rewarding just having, you know, listening to you, um, you, know, you gave a really nice review of the book and you've said some really nice things. And that really, you know, that 
that's that makes it all worth it. And it was a it was a slog. I I'd never written before. I'm it's not hard. a writer. It's it took hard. me. It, it took you me. Are, five you are you are a writer, David. I hate to break. Well, it I don't know. I did get once you I write guess, the book, you are yeah, writer. Well, uh, I got a little help too from a friend. He kind of polished it up for me. But we all every writer does. Like that's called uh, okay. a that's standard how it works. editor. That's how it works, okay. man. I, I thought you were supposed to do it all. Stephen King has one too. So uh, it's okay. okay. John Steinbeck, okay. he had one too. Okay. All right. I didn't know if that was I was supposed to, you know, keep that to myself. No. Oh God, um, no. God no. But, but but that's part of why I think, you know, it's we all have our moments of things we're, you know, ashamed of or disappointed that we did or frustrated with ourselves. But that is the human condition. And, you know, I, I, I hate that word shame because I, I do feel so many times shame is what keeps us from sharing the honesty of what our journey has been. But it's the sharing of that vulnerability that allows other people to be like, oh shit, I'm not the only one because all of us have these moments and yet nobody or rarely, at least in this industry, talks about those moments. So it, it's not because that's the place that anybody ever stays, but it's like, it. I believe we'll just heal a lot of traders who have faced such you know, painful moments themselves to not maybe feel as isolated as, or as if they're the only ones. Like well, obviously her friend had to have felt that way. He wouldn't have ended his life if he didn't feel like so overcome with shame, right? Yeah, well it is. And that's the thing, the thing, and you, 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 you talk to, you know, hundreds, thousands of traders and you know how it is. Like traders, we don't really, we don't have, you know, you can talk to your wife, you can talk to your girlfriend, your friends and so on, but no one really understands what, you know, that pain of like yeah. a really bad losing trade or a really big losing day or a really, you know, when you're in one of these losing streaks and you just get, you know, your confidence gone, you get out of it. No one understands how, just how that sticks with you. You know, yeah. it's, I, I've never been in business 23 years and I know how it is and it's still 23 years. And it still hurts, you know, I still have, you know, I wake up, you know, after one of those bad trades or bad days, it's in, it's, it's with me. I can't shake it. You know, I, I've gotten better, but you know, my sleep's still not that good and my mood's not that good. It's a, it's, you know, it's something that nobody really understands because this job is so different than any yeah. other job. You know, what other jobs do you go to work, you know, bust your ass, most stressful job and then lose money. And again, usually you lose money because you performed poorly. Yeah, sometimes, you know, your strategy might be off and that does happen, of course, you know, losses are natural. But a lot of times it's because, you know, you overtraded or you're undisciplined or you, and again, it's just, you have that kind of self-loathing, you know, you're yep. like, yep. and it's a tough, it's, it is, it's brutal. And yeah. no one, you know, I've, I, I, um, as you know, by the book, after I've been through a lot of relationships, I had a lot of troubles because I don't think, you know, it's yeah. it's it can be really toxic in the past i haven't handled it the best and yeah. uh, you know traders like to and that's it the, the the way i deal with it is i you know I, i've talked to traders i want to you know unfortunately yeah. i'm trading remotely most of the time but yeah. i meet up with traders i go to conferences my brother's a trader so i'll talk to that's him right. it's 
you know, it's therapeutic to just know yes. how because yes. other you want support. And that's what I hope to do through this book. So people can go, yeah. oh, wow, you know, I'm not the only one. Look at this guy, this guy, you know, he blew millions. He ended up basically on the streets. He ended up dead broke. Yeah. So, you know, and I think not only can they, you know, well, hopefully not relate to it that <laughs> extreme, but they know, you know, people are going through that. Yeah. But also, you know, the story is like, you know, I, of course, I have these up and downs and yeah. it's redemption too, you know, yeah. okay, oh, you can get out of this. I got out that's of this. Right. You know, that's, that's right. That's, you know, that's the key. But I would also say, you know, the key, it's not always keep fighting. A lot of times, you know, the strongest yeah. and the most courageous thing to do is, is to cut your losses and step away. Let's talk about that. What, what did you use as a metric to measure that? for yourself repeatedly like what how did you determine if you had to stay and stick it out or that it was uh did you ever contemplate quitting of course of course you know and i still you know there every, every time i have a losing day now i'm like oh, i'd love it. just a you know nice salary job or you know i want to do something else i, I of course. But yeah, there's been many times, you know, and I'll be I, I'll be honest. And I wrote about this a book, my you know, and that's a big lesson I want to, you know, teach traders is have the backup plan. Unfortunately, I wanted to get out of trading or had to get out of trading. Yeah, but I didn't. Have, you know, I had no skills. I had no savings. I had no, you know, I had no kind of backup plan on my all I knew how to do. And all I still, unfortunately, is play this like glorified video game. And you know, trading, I, it is, it's a skill. It's of course it's a, it's a skill. And it, I admire, you know, traders with these, these skills, but unfortunately, especially the type of trading I do, it's, you know, I can't necessarily go to some corporation and go, you know, like, give me a job. What I know how yeah. to, you know, scalp, you know, micro cap, you know, us stocks, you know, looking at the level two, you know, that's not going to help anyone, you know, if I, you know, I, I barely know how to do an Excel sheet or anything like this. And, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm programmed to do one thing. And that was a big error. And I suggest, you know, I, I plead okay. before any trader gets in the business, yes, make sure you have a backup plan. It could be, you know, a lot of savings, it could yeah. be skills, it could be, yeah. you know, some job on the back burner, but don't Hopefully. get yourself in the situation where I was, where it was, yeah. I really didn't have any other option. It was like yeah. trade or, you know, trade or, you know, or nothing. And that yeah. was, that, yeah. that was a, that was a huge, huge mistake. So that's, that's something I want to, you know, before anyone gets into trading, make sure you have a backup plan. That's a really because, great advice. Really great advice. Because it, you know, the, we, we see, I've already mentioned this, the failure rate. So, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, there's a very small chance that, you know, when a trader gets in, they'll make it. And that's just yeah. the, that's just the way it is. So are, are um, you somebody who's an advocate that traders uh, should, you know, keep their day job and just trade part time? Where, where do you stand on that? That's, that's a tough one, because, you know, part of me is like, if you want to be a trader, you have to, you know, full time, you know, if you want to be a professional trader, you yeah. have to dedicate you know, basically your life to it, you have to, especially at the beginning, you have to put in screen time, you have to be around for certain times of the day, depending on what markets you're trading. Yeah. It is, it's a very, it's a very, you know, intense profession, and you have to put the time in. It's not something, well, I'll do, you know, a little time. But like you said, like I just mentioned, on the flip side, yeah. you know, you kind of need the extra income. Yep. Um, 
when I first started trading, I was work, I was trading for this prop firm. I was doing that full time. And then as soon as I got off work, you know, as soon as the markets closed, I would go to a second job to make, you know, to yeah. kind of support myself. Um, as I write in the book, this was, you know, a bouncer at a nightclub. And, you know, I ended up I was sitting at the bar and my buddy was a bartender. And, I, you know, it was it wasn't a good idea. And I was, you know, wake, working late. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't good for my trading, but that's kind of what I had to do. Yeah. Um, so this is, yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough call because yeah. I, you know, I wouldn't recommend guys just get, get in the business and they don't have the financial, you know, financial capabilities or they don't have a backup plan. But then if you have the job, you're not able to, you know, dedicate the right amount of time. Ideally dedicate full time to trading with, yeah. you know, with a with a backup plan or what you know with other some kind of you know passive income or something yeah. like that talk about the style of trading you have a unique style and uh you talk a little bit in the book about how uh some traders can get a little bit too precious over their strategies and you feel that you know you have a quote in the book where you're like do you prefer the more glamorous forms of trading or are you interested in making as much money as possible <laughs> do you want to be glamorous or do you want to bring in the money <laughs> so talk about what you feel is the style that does that the most yeah that's a great that's a, i'm glad you brought that up i was actually i was thinking about that today because i you know when i'm going on twitter or, or x it's it, you know traders they 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 feel like they want to do their chosen you know i want to trade like this mm -hmm. i want to pick stocks i and a lot most of the time it turns out they kind of want to be speculators they want to be like warren buffett or the guy yeah. they see on cnbc they want to be picking stocks yeah and you know, as we know, most of these guys on CNBC struggle to beat the benchmark. <laughs> and, you know, Warren Buffett, you know, he struggles. He's been struggling. Exactly, recently. Exactly. So if these guys are struggling, you yeah. know, do you think, you know, this you, you, you sit remotely on your laptop, you're going to, you know, do well. But that's kind of, you know, that's what we're we're taught. We go on Twitter or X and, you know, everyone's talking about, oh, I'm long Tesla. You know, I like this technical setup. And my experiences my trade and the traders i've been around and you know what i basically take as a fact that the the best approach to trading is not speculation mm -hmm. it's not necessarily you know relying on solely on technical analysis it's what i call more glitch trading where you're looking for inefficiencies in the market you're looking for arbitrage you're looking for stuff you know when the market's broken um and i equate it to more like a, being a scavenger you know, it's, it is, it's, you, 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 you get down and dirty. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's not what, you know, when I try to explain to traders what I'm doing, they, again, they think I'm, you know, looking at, uh, you know, candlestick patterns and, you know, studying the videos earnings and stuff like that. It's nothing like that. It's, you know, looking at level twos and looking for bad prints and looking for arbitrage. And yeah, it's not really that glamorous, you know, it's it's just picking up little scraps that the big guys leave behind. Yeah. And, you know, I say picking up scraps. But again, if you're good at it and if you yeah. have certain market conditions, these scraps can be add up big, big old <laughs> chunks. And I'm talking millions. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's what you know, that's what I uh, try and talk about in the book. This And I call it glitch trading. Yep. 
it's it's looking as i said looking for inefficiencies arbitrage is the big thing for me you know that's the holy grail of trading that's you know you buy in here and you sell in here on the different markets and it's almost what we would call free money so that's what i'm trying to trying to push traders and why do i why do i want to do that because yeah. that's what i've seen myself making the big bulk of my profits all the yeah. guys have been around and I, you know, the, I've studied the markets and that's where I honestly think the most edges. And it's something that's not talked about because, yeah, you know, people don't want to give away these secrets because these, a lot of these strategies I'm talking about, they get crowded pretty quickly. And if you have yeah. more, more people trading them, then, you know, the edge goes away. So, yeah. um, so that's kind of why they're, they're kept quiet in the book. I'm not necessarily going here's the golden secret. Here's the, right. you know, try, I do of course give examples of the strategies of the past and strategies I've used to try to explain, but that's not my goal is to, you know, call out trades or give trades. I want to, you know, show traders this methodology and this way to look at the markets and this way yeah. to trade. Yeah, And uh, that's, that was kind of what I, you know, the big, like I said, the two things in the book I wanted to do is talk about this style of trading and the honest and the real be real and tell my story and how tough trading can be. So yeah. that was kind of you know, the two big, the two big themes of the book. What exposed you to glitch trading to begin with? How did you first, I, you know, even get exposed to it? And then more, how did you find your own way and your own strategy that now, you know, presumably you're still adhering to? Or yeah, you know, well, maybe revising it as you go, but just that feels like it's a perspective that either you have or you don't. So where did where did it come from for you? Well, it started when I twenty three years ago when I started this uh, prop firm in Texas. Um, I, I when I first started, there was a, it was a, this firm now has really good training. But when I they kind of just kind of fed you to the wolves, gave you a, you know a software manual and put you on yeah, simulation for a couple of weeks, and then you started trading. And I just went wild. I was just buying baskets of stocks, kind of hoping and praying they're going up, speculating. Yeah. And I I, I lost forty thousand dollars within months. And I was right. I was on the verge of uh, of course getting fired. And you know, I was, well, I, I, I knew there was guys in this office making money. So that gave me hope. And I said, if they can do it, I can do it. Yeah. And how, you know, then the next question is, how are these guys doing it? Yeah. And what I found out is they were doing, they, these guys were doing these glitches back, back then the market was even less efficient. Yeah. There was, you know, you could buy on one exchange and then quickly flip it to another exchange and there was a bad order. It yeah. was really just a video game. So these guys were what I call just feeding on these glitches and, I, you know, saw what they were doing and was like, okay, this, this is the, the way, this is the path. And I quickly found out there was edge there. And then I, I, I slowly developed kind of my own strategies because a lot of these strategies these guys were using were, like I said, straight video game. It was whoever was the fastest on the keys. You yeah. know, there's a bad order and it's like, bang. And I've always been slow. I've always been slow <laughs> on the keys. So I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta find something a little different. So I, you know, throughout the years, yeah. I've kind of come up with my own little niches and, you know, again, stealing, stealing a boring what I've seen these guys, you know, use yep. at this office and the traders yep. I work around. And like I said, my brother, you know, my brother's a professional trader. I got a lot right. of good friends and us and the, you know, the circle of traders are with, this is the type of trading that we 
you know, I've been using for the last yeah. few years and it's given us the bulk of the bulk of profits. And it's a very, like I said, it's very secretive. Not yeah. many traders know about it, but these, you know, these prop firms that I've been exposed to, this is where we, where, where we make our money. Yeah. What, what do you think the reason besides the idea that traders wouldn't want to give uh, an edge away, why do you think it hasn't really caught on or become more well-known? Yeah, like you're saying, it's uh, secrecy is a big thing. Yeah, you know, they, these guys they keep their mouth shut. You know, when I wrote yeah. this book, and I shared some stuff. I was like, you know, I'm kind of breaking this. You know, this, yeah. this secret oath. Of, yeah. Secret oath. You know, I try to not give away too much. Yeah. Um, but you know, I couldn't write this book without you know sharing this. And yeah. you know, that's not my goal is to kind of you know. No, it, it, I don't think you do that too much. But you're definitely saying this is a pond or ocean to consider yeah no and i 100 yeah. think traders should look that so it, yeah. it is a lot of it is a secrecy and we you know these traders they don't when i was when i started trading you know traders they would when they used to go to the bathroom they used to turn their you know turn the monitors off so people don't see and there'd wow. be fights over people stealing strategies wow. so it is it's very secretive and yeah, yeah. these traders every trade all these traders i know that use these type of strategies none of them are on twitter none of them are you know none of them are they're they're, they're very very quiet so yeah. that's probably the main reason and like we touched on yeah. before i think a big part it's just not glamorous you know and i yeah. still now i'm like telling traders and i'm like they're asking for advice i'm like look for glitches look for arbitrage yeah. you know get down and dirty look for these markets where there's inefficiencies and they're kind of like eh, i kind of want to i want to do it my way i want to yeah. you know i want to trade tesla i want to trade you know this way i want to look at you know technical patterns and that's yeah that's that's their prerogative but and I think of the line I use in the book is, you know, in trading, it's so tough. You don't really have, you know, yeah. that that luxury of choosing your own strategy, you know, that's your right. own style. You have that's to right. go where the edge is. So yeah, that's sure. that's a big that's a big thing. People, you know, they want to do it their way. They don't want to, like I said, get down and dirty and nasty yeah. and scabbing. They want to be, you know, like the traders they see on Precious. Twitter or CNBC or, or on Billions, which is yeah, sort of fiction. Exactly. It's fictional. Well, that's the way I thought when I started trading. I was like, "Oh sure. wow, you know, this is yeah. you know." I would watch, you know, Wall Street and uh, oh, boiler room. It was like, "Oh, this looks fun," but yep. no, it's not. You know, they, these these top trading floors, it's nothing like that. It's yeah. you know, it's it's those 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 days are long gone. I'm curious if you feel your ability to be comfortable as a quote unquote scavenger is informed by your unusual childhood and your mother's skill set at being so kind of like on the hunt for the for the sale items so just talk a little bit about your first exposure at the arcade to a glitch when you were very young and to kind of your mom's mindset that it sounds like you still have to this day about clothing always having to be a deal <laughs> because it yeah, feels it like it prepared you for this future yeah, I use that in the book. I use a couple of I guess, stories from my childhood to kind of, you know, give introduction to how, you know, kind of why I became, became a trader and like, you know, why, and I use a story about my mom. I, you know, it's strange because my brothers, he's been a professional trader for 20 years wow. and, you know, my mom or dad, they're, they're furthest away from traders as it is. But I, I, I always saw it in my mom. She was, 
she would go, you know, whenever she went shopping, where we went, she was always looking for the bargain, you know, the the tap price deal that happened. And I equate that to the bottom picker, which my yeah. trade, you know, and you all, I'm always there's two, I, and I say in the book, there's two type of traders. There's kind of the, you know, the trader who trades momentum and trades the breakouts. Mm -hmm. And there's the bottom picker, the guy who's always looking for, you know, the stock that's crashing and trying to, you know, buy. And I, unfortunately, I'm the, me and my brother are the bottom pickers. And again, I think that comes from, you know, my mom's proclivity of, you know, trying to bag bargains at the at the store. And I'm still like that, you know, again, I'm I, I'm I'm sound like that. I can't I, I'm always looking for a deal and I'll never pay full price for anything. Um, and same with trading. You know, I when I see a stock that's really strong, I'm going, oh, this is a short. And when it's really weak, it's like a buy. So that's that's, you know, that was kind of uh, the story I used to tie in, you know, my my path to trading. Yeah. And then I also used a, another trading a story from my childhood that kind of explains this whole glitch trading. And this was kind of my I, uh, label is my first experience in the glitch trading. And it's a, it's a little unusual because this is back when I, I think I was 11 years old and I was living in England and uh, I was at the. The, the arcade or uh, casino, what we call it. Again, English people know game what room. Game room. Ameri Americans, it's a little different because you have these, in England, you have these, we call them arcades where there's like mm -hmm. video games, but also slot machines. And I was 11 year old and I was supposed to be, of course, on the slot. I'm, I'm sorry, on the video games. Right. But, you know, I was at that young age, I was drawn to these slot machines. So I happened, you know, I, I happened to find a slot machine that had a malfunction that was, you know, it was a horse racing game and it was, there was a bug in it. So it was paying out way more often than it should have. And I realized this and I made a ton of money on it when I was a little boy. And I was, you know, I was, off, I was just the man. Crazy. <laughs> and like, it really, you know, I was, it was kind of, you know, I was hooked. I got that do first dopamine shot. Like and, um, but the thing is, and then it was actually when I was on a vacation and then the next year I went back and I was hoping that this, you know, this, I was going to make a you know, ton of money again. The bug had been fixed and I lost all my money. So that, you know, that was kind of the moral story. But, you know, this is when I'm talking about glitch trading, this is, you know, this, this is a good analogy, this broken yep. Yep. slot machine. Totally. Um, you know, and so that's, that's, that's one of the stories. And again, it's a strange, like I said, it was a little strange that 11 year olds you know, on the slot machines, but, but I, I, as, I as you know, from the book, it was, you know, after that, it was, you know, the horse track and it was the casinos, you know, all illegal, all way too young for that. But that's kind of, uh, that's kind of, you know, that's, that's my nature. And, uh, you know, which is not necessarily a good thing because as a trader, you know, gambling and trading are two different things, but. Yep. Yep. Um, for sure. But, but, but the fact that I think you were picking up on this machine malfunctioning and it, it feels it feels like an approach that is a different perspective a different paradigm to look at the world through it's 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 like that saying right if you're a hammer everything looks like a nail so if you are somebody who potentially gets exposed to risk at an early age your comfort with the risk is going to be very different than somebody who has never been exposed to it and I, I just guess I'm curious, do you feel part of that journey as you were young informed the direction you went in in the end? 
Yeah, no, I do. And I write about it in the book because, and I, a lot, there's a lot, I do write a lot about gambling in the book because that yeah. was a big, before I started trading, it was, like I said, it was video games. I mean, slot machines. It was yeah. horse races. It was sports betting. It was casinos. It was, you know, hosting blackjack nights. Yeah. And gambling, like I said, when you say gamble, to gamble is, that's not trading. Gambling is, you know, you're just, you're doing it for the fun of it. But even in, and I write in the book, even in gambling, if you do it, there are certain methods and there are certain styles. And if you do it correctly, you can have an edge there, you know, yeah. whether it's it's counting cards or um, what were some other, uh, you know, there's arbitrage and sports betting, mm -hmm. um, you know, in poker, you can, you know, their poker, you can have the edge too. So I write about that in the book. So yeah, I definitely think the gambling side of things, you know, kind of helped me, you know, and it, it, like you said, it's, it, you need to have some risk tolerance and you need to be able to put money up and go for it and put that bet down or make that trade. Um, and that definitely, you know, gave me some, I guess some skills, some skills for that. Yeah. Um, but, but like to I even said, see I, the first, the first experience was a glitch and that now you specifically are searching for those glitches that just feels incredibly uh, serendipitous. That's all. Yeah, it is. It's and now you know when I go to a casino and it, if you know if you go sit at a roulette table, it's yeah. for me. It's just like it's crazy. There's no edge there. You're just yeah. throwing it away. But even in blackjack, yeah, I know in blackjack that if you play really, you know, with the book and you do you hit and you you know when you should and you you fold when you should, you can kind of level that edge. And that's yeah. for me. That's fine, you know. But. Yep. To just go in there and gamble is crazy and that's even, even from the start i was always you know when, if i go in a casino i'm looking for the broken slot machine not right. looking exactly. for that table that's exactly. where the you know that's where the edge is but you know it's broken stop slot machines are are, are, are tough to find it's easy yeah. to just be drawn to the roulette table because it's fun it's, yeah. like we're saying it's same with trading yeah these Correct. guys are going Correct. for it you know um um you know speculation it looks fun and it's crazy you see these big winners this guy you know trying to look for the broken slot machine it's not quite as glamorous and it's not as glamorous no he's if he finds that broken slot machine he's not telling his, anybody he's keeping his mouth shut yeah that's finding, finding one in it sounds like a very small town in england is probably a lot easier to find one yeah. that's broken than in vegas i'm pretty yeah. sure so. I think Vegas are a lot, they're a little more careful. These, you <laughs> Just know, a little. Well, again, these slot machines in England, if they're letting like an eleven-year-old, you know, gamble, <laughs> exactly. they're obviously nobody's paying you know, attention. Yeah, I don't know how you know on top of things they are. So it took me a year. Yeah. It took me a year to. Yeah, well, maybe that's out. what I need to do. Go back to England and start. You know, instead of trading, <laughs> exactly. that's where the edge is. I'll start. <laughs> Going in these arcades and looking for, you know, looking for push, slot machines. Push those eleven-year-olds right out of the way. Yeah, or maybe maybe hire them. Get you yeah, know, get the, that's, yeah, that's the ticket. Hire them through and send them off to all these different arcades. Oh, oh that's so I don't funny. know. Maybe I maybe in England they've done it. Maybe they do a little better job now of you know not letting eleven. Doubt it. Yeah, not well, at yeah. an arcade, not at an arcade or game room. I mean, those were the rage here, on, you know, in, at least in New York City, they were all the rage, you know, kids were always hanging out in game rooms, but I'm sure there's plenty that had, you know, a glitch in them. 